What's good, buddy? How's it hanging? How's it happen? You guys know this. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. with MSG Rocks with Rock and Metal Thrive. Hey, guys. Happy Tuesday. It is December 14th. We're getting closer to Christmas. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? This is insane. I don't believe it. And this episode is like Christmas because, holy crap, is this one a lot of fun. Before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, Mosh Pits. Ooh, I do love them. And I will go in as many as possible. And I will not leave whatsoever i want to make sure that when i'm in those mosh pits like i'm going full force there is nothing stopping me and you cannot make me think anything else so we're gonna go nuts we're gonna have a good time and i gotta make sure i'm able to do that i gotta make sure i have the strength i gotta make sure the stamina the cardio everything so i'm always in the gym running biking hitting the stairmaster lifting weights like crazy i mean this is like a two hour two and a half hour a day kind of thing for me but in order to do that i gotta make sure like i recover right and that i Prepare right. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. Different pre-workouts, both stim and sim free. I use the stim free stuff because energy is up the wazoo on me. You know, you can already tell it from the podcast. Also, they have different things like BCAA recovery compounds. They have different proteins for your AM, PM, and after workout. Um, plant-based proteins. They have different creatines, multivitamins, anything you need to achieve your fitness goals. Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTD at FNXIT.com. Link description of the podcast. Other spots we have is custom debuts. So what they do is they create these different custom posters around anything you want music. So all you do is you give them an artist and the album or you give an artist and the song. If it's an artist and song, they'll create a poster with the lyrics of that song in some sort of a fashion for you to really work with. Or if it's the artist and album, they'll create the album artwork and a track listing kind of thing for you if you want to make that happen. And it's any artist, any album, any song that you want. And when you submit what you want them, they will come back with you with a proof within 48 hours. And you can, you know, make as many ads as possible until you're fully satisfied. And you can have them printed on just your normal poster paper, or you can have them printed on canvas, or even have an aluminum poster made. Now, that is freaking cool. That is awesome. You're going to want to go check that out. It's a great holiday gift for anybody that loves music. And our listeners can get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout for custom debuts. Link strips to the podcast. So thank you, custom debuts. Now, progressive metalcore. Ooh, you said metalcore, Kevin? Yes, I did. And we've got a brand new band that you might not have heard of, but have been around for a little bit called Colony Collapse. They're out of Denver, Colorado. I get to talk with Noah and Mace from the band. We get to talk about some of the stuff they've, did, they've done, you know, since the pandemic. They are talking about, you know, this idea they had around creating their very own beer and using it to market for a whole entire show. We dive deep into that. They also have a brand new single that came out in November that is called The Love That Remains. We go into that song along with the brand new single, Empty Mirror, which comes out on Friday, December 17th. So this one's a little bit of a long one, but trust me, the laughs, the hysteria, the craziness, it just keeps going. Are you guys ready? Hell yeah, you are. Let's go! Voice crack. Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast, another huge shout out to my man Cody Frayne from Theory Records, also to refer to the difference between and Ascent Like Wolves, because you know with him and Theory Records, he sent us some incredible bands like The Difference Between, if not for me, one of my favorites that he sent us, and now, oh, we got more for you guys. Ha 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 ha. So, you like metalcore? like progressive metalcore? Because I think this is going to be something you're going to want to listen to. This band recently released their single, The Love That Remains, back in November. But they also have a brand new one called Empty Mirror coming out on December 17th. And we get to talk all about it. So, please welcome Noah and Mason from the band, 
Colony Collapse. So, guys, welcome to the Court Progression Podcast. Thank you, man. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hello. Thanks for being on. How's everything going on? And, you know, you guys are in Denver, right? Yeah. Yes. How's everything going on in Denver in this, you know, day and age of time that we live in? It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, good it's good, though. It's good, though. We, um, yeah, we just had all the boys over the other day on the, when we, you know, when we drop a song, always try to get together and just celebrate. It's a long process usually. So we're, we're enjoying our winter, dropping some music, yelling, screaming, doing what we do. You know, there was talk of getting a live video going, but we got a little too lit. <laughs> oh yeah. We want to do like a live stream of a song one of these days, but you know, seems to be a common theme with our meetups. <laughs> Got to keep it professional. So you guys, you guys still could have done the live stream, but just don't do the song. Just literally have the live stream where you guys are just lit as all hell and just have a fucking blast during the whole entire time. Yeah, would have been a blast, but you got carried away with the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah we started. We we were just it's, don't don't download DraftKings. Don't do it. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Please tell me you didn't like. Oh, I'm gonna start like. Uh, let's just see who else. Who would you start that had been a bad choice? I don't know anybody that's on my team. So. Yeah, I'll kind of go against that at this point. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's good. though. Everything's good down here. It's good to hear. Well, guys, as we open up this podcast, especially like to do this with a lot of bands, I'm not sure that many people really will know. So it gives you guys a chance to, you know, let everyone know who you are, introduce yourselves and kind of, you know, open up the conversation a bit. So I always start with three questions. Now, all these, these three questions are going to go to each of you. The first two questions, guys, if you don't answer these questions, I'm going to probably sit here, scratch my head and wonder is the American education system failing us? Because these are some of the easiest questions you could ever answer. But the third okay. one is going to put you on the spot in a little bit of a way. Don't worry. I will give you some examples of the answers I've heard for this uh, for this question. So you guys, you know, can have some time to think, get the ball rolling, you know, work the brain a little bit. So first question is, what is your name? Second question is, in Colony Collapse, what do you do in the band? And the third one is, I want to know a little fun, wacky, interesting fact or fun, wacky story about yourself in the band, whatever it might be, that will hopefully make me laugh so hard that I fall out of the chair I'm sitting in. My head smacked on this table as hard as possible. I might break my whole setup, but I'll give myself my ninth concussion of my lifetime. That's what I'm hoping for. So a couple examples, some of the craziest stuff I've heard to, you know, get you guys, you know, mind rolling, but also get you guys laughing hysterically at these. One band from Florida, they chloroform their lead singer. They dragged him to a beach, of course, in Florida, and they decided to bury him halfway in the sand and then took a bunch of ketchup and squirted all over the place so that when he finally woke up, it literally looked like his legs were bitten off by a shark and he no longer had any legs. Another one, some of my friends from North Carolina, you know, they're driving to a show and they're all, you know, stuck in a van because what else are you going to do? Somebody has to go to the bathroom, but there is no bathroom in sight. So he takes a giant, you know, big gulp from 7-Eleven, just goes in there. Wants to get rid of it, so he threw it out the window on the highway going 60 miles an hour. So it's a good idea, unless if the back window of the van is open, so the cup flies back into the back window of the van and gives the drummer sitting in the back a drive-by golden shower. Oh, I will give you guys one more. This is from my friends in uh, my friend in Sleepwaker. He was in a band called Spirit Breaker as well before him, but but this was a different time. And so this band, Spirit Breaker, they were driving to a show. I think it was in Iowa, and in the middle of Iowa, all of a sudden, Long John Silvers was not sitting well with the guitarist. Uh-oh, and they were stuck in traffic. And then their van broke down. And he had to relieve himself and there was nowhere to go. So he literally went into the median on the interstate <laughs> to go and take a crap. <laughs> Only for 
no toilet paper, nothing. He had to clean himself up. So they took the w- pack of white t-shirts that they had and gave it to the guitarist. Now, this was told for me from one person. I had the band Spirit Breaker, who this happened to in the podcast like a week afterwards, and heard the story then firsthand. So I've heard that story twice. <laughs> so I've heard some crazy shit. I always like to bring them up so you guys get laughed and just have a good time, but also get the yeah. ball rolling, get the juices flowing. So whoever wants to start between Mason and Noah, take it away. Go ahead, Noah. Anything on that one, Mace? You got- <laughs> well, I was thinking we get, we had kind of a similar story to the piss story, but it was only because our old no, – I don't even know if I want to say it, but the – well, I guess, I don't know. Our old guitarist was – I still have a video of him filling a fucking uh, – what was it, a big gold cup or something? like that. Yeah. Piss. All the audio is is you see him in the front seat with his head down, and he's like, <laughs> it's overflowing, it's overflowing. <laughs> That's, but if that's not a good story. I don't know if you have a it good It didn't story. come flying in the back window. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't get drenched with piss in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, only only yeah. his feet, only only your tar's feet got drenched because it's overflowing, man. It's overflowing. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his own thing. I, you, you got something else going on. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like we are fun, but those are some crazy <laughs> stories. Uh, well, first of all, I'm Noah. I sing in the band. Um, not those parts. The American education system is failing us. Uh, I knew you were going to say some shit about that. That we were going to get political. No. <laughs> One time, this is like vaguely band related. Almost not. I was. It reminded me because we were talking about the Nuggets, and I was at a basketball game. Um, I have a family member whose fiance at the time, and now his wife, worked for the Nuggets in the ticket office. So you know, we had like courtside seats. Um, it was great. I was just down there, you know, it's, it's like complimentary liquor in the, in the super Lexus club or whatever the hell it's called. You get beer, oh, you get wine. I was just like, I know I couldn't believe how bougie it was. I didn't think it existed. And yeah. I guess long story short, he, he and her end up leaving in like the third quarter. They're like, Hey, we got to get home. Like you stay here, you know, drink up or whatever. And I'm <laughs> sitting next to this lady who like, I don't know. She, she thinks I'm like some kind of big player. Cause I have this seat, like this courtside seat and I was all dressed up. You know, I have put my earrings in and all that. She starts talking to me about how it's so lame that the cheerleaders can't date the players anymore. There's a new rule that the cheerleaders aren't allowed to date like the nugget players. And I was like, yeah, that, that sucks because <laughs> whatever. She was like, I actually like, I work with them and I usually try to set them up with people that can, you know, show them, take them a good time while they're in town, like the other team's cheerleaders. You know what I mean? Like somebody, and it used to be the players, but now we're not allowed to do that anymore. So I just started lying. I just started saying <laughs> all this shit. I was like, well, you know, I'm actually in a band. No, that's how it started. Sorry. She just asked me what I do. And I said, I do music. But she assumes that I'm like, you know what I mean? Like Bon Jovi, because I'm courtside at the Nuggets game. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It gets a little blurry, but basically I wound up at like the post game with those with those girls and the, it started to become clear that I was just up to no good. Cause like, you know, I'm like cringing every time I swipe my card and stuff, like go through, go through. <laughs> so I told them, I was like, yo, we got a, uh, we got bus call. We got to be in Salt Lake tomorrow morning. Got Got to go. And then our bassist Dave picked me up and I was like, you won't believe what <laughs> I had to bail on it though. I was in too deep. I, um, but that was the only night I ever really felt like a rock star. The only one. <laughs> oh my. I think the best part about it is like every time you swipe your card, it's just like, go through, go through, go through, go through, go through. I know. Yes. I know. They're like, hey, you want to get like a bottle of Grey Goose? I'm like, yeah, we get some Svetka. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some fucking Svetka. 
Yeah, yeah, we get some spec. Uh, uh, one bottle of Fleischmann's, please. It's just like, wait, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, Noah's wanted to be a big rock star just for that one day, just for that one moment. It's just like, you know what? I'm just going to live this. I'm just going to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Sir, you <laughs> now you're, I mean, you're starting to give me some ideas because now I feel like I'm going to have to go to a Bucks game and like try and pull this off. Like, oh, yeah, you know, act like I'm like some big, like, some big shot, like, journalist or big shot, like, you know, music personality. It's like, nah, I'm just a just a podcaster with Rocky yeah. Metal. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, it's like Ricard. No, I mean, I'm also in a health insurance guy. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's <laughs> white lies can take you a long way. You know what I mean? I, I'm a reasonably honest person, but when it's on, it's on. well i mean when you have a chance to hang out with cheerleaders for an opposing nba basketball team i mean are you really gonna say no but then all of a sudden it's just like okay i'm not gonna say no but i've got to find my exit strategy really really quickly yeah the options were like make a real connection and have like a movie moment where i say girl i gotta come clean baby like i'm not (laughs) she still loves you (laughs) yeah or get like drunk enough that it's time to go home anyways and just leave <laughs> there, there was there was no hallmark or lifetime movie moment for the climactic ending i believe <laughs> well i mean like pretty much every single hallmark movie is just like oh they meet somebody who's like this rough and like rugged guy who just doesn't see me as anything but oh magically he's rich no 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 it was the other way around yeah, <laughs> yeah you flipped it yeah <laughs> Pretty soon he's going to be on some, like, Netflix documentary. (laughs) Oh, man. That's fine. Just send me a check. You can make the documentary. (laughs) You can live that life for real. For real. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, thinking about, like, when you're talking, like, thinking about, like, live stream stuff as well. It's like, you guys can literally do, like, live stream, like, drunk history stuff. Where you can, like, reenact stuff. I love drunk history. Yeah, and like my my dad or something logs on to the live and I'm just like, all right, that's the end of this one. <laughs> <laughs> just like you get you get to the real good point, your dad logs in, it's just like, and stop. Yeah. Like, and I've never touched a drop of alcohol in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that is um, the way to well, I'm Mason. Down. I'm the drummer. <laughs> God, I don't think I have a story like no. That was pretty no, good. Before, that was yours. I don't have any con man stories like that. <laughs> no, I know. That that, I, mean, I mean, the story just has to be something ridiculous, honestly. You're not ridiculous. I think, uh, oh, shit, with Colony. If, if, oh, if, it, if you can't think of one with Colony, if you've got one from your personal life, I mean, that's that's a-okay with me. Because, I mean, Noah basically had one. The only, only thing band-related was the fact that he said he was a musician. I know. <laughs> His bass, that the bassist picked him up from, from the game. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, if we're going band-related things, I guess. So, the first time, I, the only time I ever blacked out was oh yeah after Austin City good. Limits. I played drums for Elenium, a DJ or EDM producer, artist, whatever you call. Um, I went on tour with them, and one of the shows was Austin City Limits. So we played, like, same night as Travis Scott and Metallica and shit like that. And um, so massive show. And then afterwards, we went to the uh, bars around whatever the go-to bar street in Austin was. And, like, I I just bleached my hair at that point, freshly bleached, which was, like, a new thing for them, even though I'd been doing it since I was, like, 18 or whatever. And they were, like – Lemon drop, lemon drop, like, because that was the funny thing. And then, like, 10 lemon drops in or whatever, I just started blacking out. And, like, it was, like, 
it's semi early in the night, I want to say maybe like 1230 or some shit like that. And then I wake up in the hotel room with my roommate at the time. And like, I wake up to the sound of everybody loves Raymond in the other room, forcing <laughs> vomit out of my throat, which was like, oh, my God. And I don't throw up. I don't throw up ever. And I, I wake up and immediately hear the sound of Ray Romano's voice in the other room and just start fucking throwing up. <laughs> non-stop i couldn't stop and i was like i walk out i was like turn this shit off i was like i can't stop puking because of you it's not even the alcohol at this point um that was probably and then the next uh next day we had to fly back and my parents friends were in town or like for austin city lemons because they lived out there or something and i saw them at the airport they saw me like barely able to choke down a subway sandwich a six inch subway sandwich at the airport and i looked pale as a ghost and they were like are you okay and i was like what are you guys doing here and I, why are you why are you here See, the I worst part about this is you were like down there you could have been like getting into the after party with like you know tra- pre-canceled travis scott <laughs> <laughs> but instead you were just sitting in the hotel room I was throwing up to Ray Ramon. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if I heard that one at the time, I was looking. My guts were empty at that point. Um, yeah, pretty chance of Travis Scott. Um, I don't want to get into that because that, that show, I ended up seeing Travis Scott and it was fantastic. I ran to his set afterwards. He's a great performer for sure. Yeah, great performer. And I'm not going to comment on all the shit going on now. Like, it's yeah, in it's in, it's in flux for sure. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was an interesting night. But again, like I said, first time I blacked out, so like I don't usually know how to pace myself. But when every I'm I'm the joke of the night. I'm the lemon drop of the night. I have to <laughs> intake ten, and I have a very low alcohol tolerance as is. So ten lemon drops. About, is like the thing about Mason, if he pulls out the Coors credit card, then that's when you know he has a credit that's card. That's when you know shit's real. Like, I got that Coors credit card. Oh, the the <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah not <laughs> interesting night but uh, i'm glad i have i guess <laughs> all right well at least one thing i learned from that story is if for some reason and your time event if mason is pissing you guys off all you gotta do is start watching everybody loves Ray. <laughs> he will leave. I'll, leave I'll walk out of the room <laughs> <laughs> just gotta just gotta keep playing that little just the, just that piano theme is just like no 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 i'm done i'm done i'm out. sick in my stomach Pavlov's Pavlov's Raymond. I don't know. (laughs) Pavlov's Mason. Every time everyone, everybody loves Raymond is played. He will, he will just lose it all of a sudden. You know, you're gonna end up like just playing the piano, just some different riff, and all of a sudden it's just Mason's just gonna go. It's like what? It's like what was that? I'm like I was just playing the piano. But was that was that everyone loves Raymond? Then you just you know start acting like Ray Romano instead. Vomit across the room. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. dear god okay that if okay when it comes to some wacky crazy stories i'm not gonna lie those are still probably you know Pretty easy fan. like in the in the top 10 percent of stories i've heard because we went from <laughs> we went from you know big shot faking of being a big shot to puking while watching everybody or just hearing okay. everyone everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> that is that is just great stuff so Instead of going in further on that stuff, because I do also want to talk about the fact that you guys are in a band called Colony Collapse. You guys just released a brand new single in November. It's going to be called The Love That Remains. 
and you're releasing a new one called Empty Mirror coming out on December 17th. So, I mean, when it comes to new music, man, you guys seem like you're starting to really throw a good amount of stuff at us. And I got to say this, the more new music, the better. Yeah. Yeah, we had a quiet couple of years there. Um, when we first made the move out here, a few of us are from Pittsburgh originally. And we moved out here, met Mason, met Keenan, our guitarist, became like this hybrid group of both states. And we just scrapped a lot of stuff, um, including the song Mason Loves called Sunburst that's never come out. And like, <laughs> I know, your favorite. But like, you know, we just had like a couple of years. We were playing shows and writing a lot and it felt busy to us but to the outside observer you know we we're pretty we we're pretty ghosty there for a couple of years so definitely the rest of this year and into 2022 is that what year next year is um, yeah we're definitely no. we're trying to be throwing throwing out some some bangers relatively on top of one another you know what i mean that's the idea so understand we'll just throw out the bangers so I mean, when it came to the fact that you guys, like you said, like it seemed like you guys hadn't been doing anything for quite a while, even though you, behind the scenes, you guys were working your ass off. Was that just like, was that something that was planned? Was that something that just happened naturally where it just, you know, play off shows and just, you know, keep working on music, but, you know, not really release anything? Was that COVID like happened. A part of a- COVID happened? Well, COVID was part of it. But even before COVID, like when we first got here, like we had to get used to playing together in a live capacity, even though that wasn't something we did as much. We were mostly like a studio band uh, before, which is one of the reasons why we moved. And then I think we just didn't want to like repeat ourselves, like write the same album again, which had we put out some of those songs, you know, it was like good stuff. That's what, that's what gets tough about it. But then time goes by, you kind of miss your moment to drop that song. Like, whereas it might've been a nice bridge between now and then, like there were just times where we were like, damn, we missed, we should have dropped that six months ago or else it's too late now. Yeah. Sounds too much like our full length or whatever. Like we wanted to wait until we really had something different. And so, yeah, now we made the transition to these eight strings that we've been on for since we dropped that class called song and just trying to figure out exactly what we wanted our sound to be on those to not just completely rip off like glass cloud or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, we took our time for sure, but yeah, there's a couple a couple tracks on the way for sure. And now hearing you say that, the more I think about Sunburst, my favorite unreleased song we have, I um, I realized that yeah, but there's no way we could release it with all the heavy ass shit we have now. Yeah, <laughs> no way in hell. Yeah, can I cuss? By the way, I've been cussing this whole time and I can't stop. <laughs> oh fuck it, you can cuss. Who gives a shit? Honestly, Mace, you'd be surprised how often I get asked that question, and then that's always my response is I have to swear if I'm going to give a response to that. It just makes yeah. fucking sense. Hell yeah. Okay. Cheers. How funny would it have been if he was just like, no. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I was swearing before as well. You know, I'm going to do that next time. My ass this whole time. <laughs> just boop, boop, boop. Yeah, boop <laughs> like, us out. You know how much work that would be just to go through, just put boops over everything. <laughs> I meant to ask you at the beginning because I've been subconsciously cussing this whole time, and I feel like an asshole. <laughs> Which I'm nah, man, you good. So, I mean, again, when it comes to the fact that you guys have been working with some certain things, you guys are creating some heavier music as well. But the pandemic also did play a part in that as well, not only for you guys, but for every single musical artist on yeah. the planet Earth. Like that happened to everybody where it was you know live shows nice it's all you could do basically was you know work remotely or if you were somehow close to your band you could get together work yep. together and write new music that was like the only thing you could really do outside yep. of you know promoting on social media yeah yeah we uh, we actually did a decent amount of 
recording during that time once things cleared up a little bit. But like the one of the things that made this EP, whoops, did I say EP? This oh. oops. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that made it take a little bit of time is we just like we re-recorded so much stuff. Like to give you like a quick example, like Love the Remains. The first time we tracked that was 2019. Very like, long time ago. And it just it's not the same song. You'd recognize it, but it's not the same song. And then we just like got some mixes back and we were like, oh, what if we did this different? Like we were just we spent COVID tracking, retracking, and scrubbing the whole slate clean. And so in the end, a lot of the guitars and stuff we ended up self-producing and, and we ended up taking out the best part. Sorry about it. <laughs> what of other remains? Ew, the two-step? Two-step baby. It used to be the two-step in the bridge. We got rid of Could've it. Kept it. Could have kept it for no purpose to the structure. Could <laughs> have people swinging in the pit, but too emotional. <laughs> but yeah, we tried to use COVID as well as we could, but no, no question about it. Like we, you know, people, it was just a, it was a lot of question marks during that time. At the same time, you're fortunate, I guess. There were bands that maybe were about to get their first European run and just printed 10,000 shirts in February of 2020. You know what I mean? Like, and they really took a financial hit. Like we were fortunate in a sense that, you know, it killed our momentum on some music and it pushed it to around this time now, almost two years later. But, you know, we were able to take a step back, like you said, work remotely and, and keep making some sludgy progress during that time. So, you know, and then, yeah, definitely came out stronger because of it. What doesn't do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of things that really jump on that one, you kind of get put it in perspective as well. From where you guys are banned, yeah, it kind of killed your momentum at points, but at least you weren't at a certain point where, you know, you're trying to go on these massive runs. All of a sudden, you have these massive tours planned, and you print everything for it, and then all of a sudden, boom, everything gets shut down, and the yep. financial hit, I mean, might have been something to overcome, too hard to overcome. Plus, how many other bands of the size of Colony Collapse or even larger or smaller end up not making it out of the pandemic due to financial reasons, due to motivation reasons, yep. due to just, I mean, any kind of reason where it's just the pandemic seemed like it wasn't going to end or there was no definitive moment of when live music was going to come back. So there was a lot riding on that, but the fact you guys were able to survive that through, you know, even if you're reworking a lot of these tracks, re-recording a lot of these different tracks, what it gave you the time to do was kind of what you said, like with the love that remains, you know, even though you had the bridge you had the two step part in there where people would be swinging the pit, but now it's not there. What it allowed you to do was to really work within these different mixes, work within these songs to really try and figure out what exactly you want to portray within the instrumentals emotionally, how you want the vocals to sound to really complement that and how you wanted everything put to, in a you know together so that the emotion of the song, meaning the song came out instrumentally, vocally, lyrically, the way that you wanted it to. Yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, that's definitely. I think that's true. That's I don't know. A great way to put it. What'd you do all pandemic, Mason? Do you feel pretty good about it? You feel like no, hell no. Good? I played way too many video games. <laughs> I did buy a computer for with my stimulus. That was probably the best purchase I've ever made. But other than that, yeah, I played a stupid amount of video games and that. <laughs> wasted my my precious Sigma grind time on yeah. uh, video games. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I, I saw some people spend their stimulus money in more ways that I would say were definitely more irresponsible where. So here's a fun story for you guys now, because, well, I feel like I need to share one for you. So this was back in March of 2021, when that third stimulus round dropped. And one of my friends had moved out to Pennsylvania, moved out to Erie because he was getting married out there. And all of a sudden told me and my two friends that were all good friends with each other. He gave us a notice that he was getting married. 
He gave us nine days notice. We're like, what the actual fuck, dude? So we somehow (laughs) scrap it together, go out there. And after, and like on his way, it's like, okay, you know, we're trying to look for something to do. My, one of my friends, he brought his fiance time. Now his wife, she wanted, it's like, well, we didn't do a bachelor party for him. So let's go and try and do a bachelor party for him. He didn't want, he couldn't go because, you know, it was the night of his wedding. We understood. So we just kind of had a bachelor party without him and do what you do on bachelor parties. We went to the local strip club in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. (laughs) We get, we walk, we walk in there and there are these guys in the corner, these three guys. They're dropping this insane amount of money. We're like, how are these guys having all this money? We're like, oh, wait a minute. The stimulus checks literally just deposited the day before this. They're like, they're blowing all their stimulus money on these strippers. Stimmy strippers! That's the, that's the American dream, my man. I mean, that sounds like stimulating the economy to me, you know. Yeah. Stimulating <laughs> something, if you know. Yeah. The money goes to Sparkle and then goes right back into the... <laughs> goes to Sparkle and Mercedes, and here comes Bubble. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Stop! I'm about to get in. The, I'm about to get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> shit, I, shit. Honestly, you know, par- podcaster. Also, I have a full time job too. Honestly, I'm looking for some other work. I should go on flying Friday, Saturday nights to be like a strip club announcer. <laughs> I was going to say just a stripper. I was like, if people wanted to see it, I would do it. <laughs> They just, I, can, I mean, like, get I your bag. Play. I have nothing against it, but nobody wants I, to see it from me. No, I, I, I don't think I have the physique or the face. Mason, on the other hand, you know, there's something there. I know, right? Just be on stage, slurping ramen. <laughs> <laughs> just, people would pay to see that. People would pay to see that. You know what? Just because you've been slurping ramen on the podcast, I should charge people to, you know, for this one. Why? You want to watch Mason slurp some ramen? Here you go. <laughs> It's called seductive ASMR. (laughs) 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 But like kind of like back to the whole entire thing with the pandemic, it's again, you guys took it in stride instead of saying, you know, okay, now our momentum stop. Woe is me. What the hell are we going to do? It's okay. We don't know when live shows are going to come back. We don't know what's going on, but what can we do now with this time that, you know, the world at basically like a standstill, you know, socially specifically because everyone's, basically isolated in their homes can't go outside all that kind of you know weird stuff that happened yeah but instead of you know looking back and thinking about what should have happened had this not happened it's okay here's a situation here's what we have our music what can we do with this now in order to make sure that when this ends and then we're ready to release stuff that we are in the best position possible yeah yeah no that's definitely because like and also you know people were doing like live shows you know like um which were really cool, you know, like online tickets and big. LED. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a cool approach for like more established bands, but it was definitely expensive. And the the only option for us was like to focus on the future and just be like shows will be back someday. I, I have faith in, and to have music ready, like when hopefully we start playing again is, is the move, especially like we touched on earlier with how quiet it's been just a handful of tracks since, since that full length. And when we dropped that, we thought we were on top of the world. You know, we were like 19 something <laughs> with this like full length album. And we were like, can't fucking be stopped. Like we're so, <laughs> we have a head start. We are, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be the band we are today without coming out here, you know, meeting Mason, meeting Keenan, actualizing our lineup and, and, you know, like the time from the pandemic, it all plays a role into the year that we're trying to have in 2022. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Understandable. So what you're talking about the year of 2022, the year that you want to have. So what are you looking forward to for 2022? What do you want to have happen in that year? Kind of looking at the future and really, you know, recapturing some of that momentum that you had or, you know, getting even more momentum than you had. I want that. I would say that with this release, this release coming out, and like I'm sure every band says it's for every release they have. Like this is, we're looking forward to this release. This is the most important release we've ever had. This really is the most important release we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> this, I don't know. At least this is the one I'm the most proud of. Like, um, God damn, this one slaps. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At least this is the one. The mo- I'm the most confident in for sure. Like. Um, I don't know. When it comes to the modern sound, modern sound of metal and everything, I feel like we just fit so goddamn good in that little like uh, whatever niche, whatever you know what I'm saying. It's just it's so like it's heavy, it's catchy, it's right there in the middle, and like I feel like if it's just promoted well enough, we're like we're yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's unapologetically metalcore. You know what I mean? Like it's. I feel like there was a time when we were on the come up where metalcore became like a dirty word. You know what I mean? Like the OGs in the scene were understandably kind of unsure if they wanted to be called that because when they got started, they were just doing something, you know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> yeah, everyone like thy art hated to be deathcore and everybody like, you know what I mean? And now it's just like, this is some metalcore, like Mason said, and it's just, you know, it slaps. Like we listen to metalcore yeah. and we wanted to make some. So yeah. And we're also, we're trying to play, we're trying to hit some, some nice shows, like plan some big local things that, are extra lit i don't know like exactly what to say because that isn't announced yet either but try to get some bigger venues try to get some fun stuff going on like you know like like i'll give you we're trying to do one thing at this show <clears throat> colony collapse really it has to do with bees right that's what the, i didn't know that when i named it i was 15 i thought it just sounded like collapsing empires but <laughs> instead i'm just fighting for google search results with like environmentalists but you know <laughs> But it's a it's it's a it's the disorder of bees disappearing across continents and stuff is what it is. So we've always thought if we had our own beer, it would be like a honey wheat kind of beer. You know what I mean? Mason's taking a little break because he's heard this one. But (laughs) so like what if we had a show where every ticket gets you a free beer and it was the colony collapse beer? You know what I mean? Like that's something we've been like kicking around. Like, could we go to like a brewery and say, hey, like obviously make the beer or something you guys don't think sucks. Uh, if you let us slap our name on it, we'll put you as a sponsor of the show. Then meanwhile, we build the price of the beer into the tickets, which is nice because the brewery gets paid and it guarantees the bar at the venue that there's going to be this amount of beer sales that are already, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a way to make it a domino effect where we make $0 from it, but everyone at the show gets a colony collapse beer. It's ambitious stuff. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And obviously, you that's not about, like, the grand scheme of our trajectory as a band. But, um, like, stuff like that. Like, I want to play shows again because we've had two years off. We played one comeback show. And I want to headline some shows, put together sick lineups of sick local bands that have also been grinding through the pandemic, release this EP, and, you know, get back, get back on the road a little bit, too. Get back east, get back to Pittsburgh, play some spots that we – like we had our, our biggest tour canceled summer 2020. It was going to be 13 cities. That was going to be our biggest to date. So get back into that too. But yeah, the free beer thing is high on my list. <laughs> I came back and I heard no talking about free beer. And yeah, yeah you remember this beer. idea the free beer with every ticket? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
So, I, I mean, I got to speak on the free beer thing, being someone who is a beer connoisseur himself and lives in a city that's nicknamed the Brew City. So, I feel like, that? you know. Where are you from? Milwaukee. You, oh, shit. Okay. Oh, I don't you know. that if you yeah. Oh, Milwaukee. Oh, but you got line and Kugel and all that. You got a yep. Brewer's hat right on? Or you got a Brewer's hat on right now? <laughs> that's yeah. the only one. I've been to Wrigley, Coors Field, and a Brewer's Stadium. And the Pirates, baby. Go Whatever. Get the fuck out of here. No, no, no. But sorry, what were you saying? Uh, what were you saying? Say, but, well, just to jump on that one, go Brewers 2. <laughs> that Pirates had 2. I'm not going to lie. PNC Park, one hell of a ballpark, man. It's the only place to win. <laughs> but is it better than Coors Field? Yes, it is. Is, oh, is PNC uh, better than Coors Field? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've been to Coors Field as well, sir. So trust me on that. Okay. So when it, when it comes to the free when it comes to the free beer idea, there's a couple of things around it that I think why it's you know could work and why it's a good idea. One, the fact that you know Colin Claps, you're gonna play in the whole entire B thing. If you do like a honey wheat or like a like a Liney's honey wise style beer, you're gonna end up getting something of a connectivity for that because you can play off that a lot as long as you know when you guys are doing like you have the banner backdrop, make sure it has some sort of B reference on there so that people can kind of get the connection a little bit more to it. That's true. I wonder how um, undereducated the people are about Colony Collapse. God knows I was before I joined the band and Google I mean, I just think it's a good taste in beer. But no, okay, I got that. I got that. So it, it, just, it just adds a little bit more to the idea behind it, potentially. Again, that's something for you guys to toy around with. The yeah. other thing is, is given your location, given the fact that you're in Denver, and given yeah. the fact that, you know, you think about, you think about the Denver, you think around there, I mean... Again, that's where Coors is from, so fuck yeah. You know, you got a beer tradition right there, but you think of other places, you think of Denver, you think of Boulder, and there's going to be a shit ton of microbrews around there where somebody, somebody is going to end up jumping on this. Yeah. I, like, oh, yeah. I actually have a jump on that. We once played a show. <laughs> <laughs> Punk night. I don't know if you can see that. I do see it. Basically, it was this. I don't, how do you know them, Mason? It's like a family okay. friend. So my dad's. Some of my dad's best friends are uh, owners of Odyssey Brewing, Brewing, um, a company on like I don't even know if I fucking straight names. I would shout them out right now, but I don't even know the location. Um, yeah, it's out there. Yeah, but uh, they begged us to play this show called Punk Night. They always have, and they have like legit punk bands play, um, and, which I played in the previous punk band I was in before Colony Collapse. And um, they asked me again after I had joined Colony Collapse, "Yo." Uh, you guys should play um punk night again. I was like, we're not a punk band, really. He's like, I don't give a shit, dude. Like, it'll it'll be cool regardless. <laughs> but, I'm like, but we gave a shit. We were like, dude, yeah, we're we not were... gonna show up to punk night with a bunch of fucking metalcore nonsense. Oh, yeah, and it's all you know, older dudes at a microbrewery. Like, yeah, and they never heard of metalcore. They're like, oh, Pantera. Like, hell yeah, metal. I love. That. <laughs> and like, so we're like, fuck, we gotta just write a shitload of like pop songs out of our ass, like or punk pop pop punk songs out of our ass. And so we wrote like two pop punk songs and then we were like, fuck, let's just play some of our lighter shit. And like, we ended up playing like two random songs we pulled out of our ass at the last second, plus a couple like soft songs. And I think we pulled out a few heavies too, just because we were in the moment and like, they loved us. And literally he always, he, every time he's over at my parents' house, he's like, what are you guys going to play punk night again? I'm like, dude, we got a lot heavier. (laughs) (laughs) We played under the moniker, mochi boys <laughs> because we we didn't i don't know why i, don't I know, know why it's because one of the first times we met each other we tried to order mochi on doordash and 
they accidentally set us like 80 packs of mochi and we got the whole order removed or something. I don't even know. So we went by mochi boys, which to this day is our LLC and our, (laughs) our, our, it was our record label before we got signed because you have to write something. And yeah, we went under that moniker and we wrote these two fake songs where we put our former guitarist Jackson on vocals. And like that started this whole thing where we would close a show with this song called every day, which was just this fake fucking song. Like every time we played it, people would be like, dude, what was that last song? And I'd be like, don't say it. Do not say that that was your favorite. That was the best song of your set. And I'd be wanting to like strangle motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just shit but, that five minutes. But point being like, and we have like a little bit of relationship with those guys. So I'm saying we'll say we'll play punk night. If you make a colony collapse beer, like that's what I'm saying. I like that. Every ticket Odyssey Brew Works sponsors the show in March and the album release show or whatever. Or whatever. And then we get a free beer. Tell them an ultimatum. Well, yeah, tell them uh, we'll make a beer or uh, <laughs> we'll play a show. You make us a beer. Yeah. Each, well, each well I mean, if, if I'm looking at it from my perspective and I mean, I love to go to concerts. I love to be in those mosh pits. I mean, if I like, no. I've, I've had multiple injuries in mosh for where I'm just like, fuck it. Whatever happens, happens. I've How had many, a- can I ask you a question? How many of your nine concussions were from mosh pits? <laughs> One. Really? Okay. 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 And it, it was the most recent one. It was uh, what band was it for? A bad omens. Ah, yeah. Really, in a bad omens. Pit. Okay. Right. I, yeah. I, it's it, it. Honestly, it all depends upon where. It, I mean, I've been in some like the hard. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. The most intense pits I've ever been in on a consistent basis has been motionless and white for the sole fact that it's always dark. There's always strobe lights going. The pit area is large, but there's it's not packed. So you yeah. take a hit. I mean, it's coming at you full force, and you're not falling into people. Like there's open space behind you. Yeah. So there was one time. I mean, this was at their show. It wasn't even in during their set. It was during after the burial set where I split my eyebrow open from like right below it from like halfway down, and instead of getting stitches, we stuck a bunch of toilet paper up there. This girl, <laughs> we ripped off a piece of her flannel. I tied it around my eye. I looked like a pirate, and then I stood on the edge of the motionless and white pit. I just didn't want to bleed over everybody, but I didn't want to leave. Yeah, no, that's yeah. metal, brother. That's metal. Oh, that is metal. <laughs> that's and that, that's not even the worst one. The worst one happened back in October of this year when uh was for that uh asking Alexandria Data Remember uh tour. Yeah. Asking yeah. Alexandria <laughs> said, all of a sudden there's a pit that gets started. I can't help it. Ten seconds in, I swear, ten seconds in, I feel like my thing, my my right hand got like jammed. My pinky got jammed. I'm like ah shit, this part of the knuckle right here. This whole half of my finger was over here. Oh, and I was like, I looked at it and all I said was, fuck, that's not good. <laughs> Pulled it out, put it back. I'm like, okay, I should probably go get this checked out. So I went down the EMTs, they reset it. They're like, should probably go to the hospital. I'm like, get any tape to like just hold this thing together? They're like, oh yeah, sure. So they put tape on there. They're like, okay, you know, we'll probably w- we'll walk you out. And I said, no, I'm going back upstairs. By the time they were like, no, stop, I was already out of sight. Like, I was gone. He said, I got to hear Asking Alexandria. <laughs> I, I went back upstairs, was on the edge of the pit for Asking Alexandria set until, like, the last song. For some reason, wanted to do a wall of death, and I got dragged into it. And I said, okay, I'm just going to mosh during one a day to remember song. Whenever they play right back at it again, because I don't want to hurt my finger. 
Of course, they open up with right back at again, so I'm already in there. Then second sucks comes on. I'm like, okay, I, it's, it's like their hardest. It's one of their hardest songs. Where is Keenan? Where is Keenan for this conversation? Oh, I'm like, in this conversation. I like second sucks. I'll punch a bitch. Okay. Yeah, so I might be the only one in our band that knows nothing about asking Alexandria or a day to remember. Fair <laughs> enough. I'll say, but like, second sucks is on. I'm like, I'm fucking like, I can't stop. I don't want to stop. Then they go into paranoia with a giant ass circle pit, yeah. and I'm just loving this every single minute. I'm just by the time that song ends and they do, you know, the breakdown hits, with, I am your breaking point, and everyone just goes nuts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been here for three fucking songs. My finger is still attached to me. I have not heard it worse yet. I'm good. Yeah. So I moshed. The whole set, hour and a half, broken finger. Actually, dude, we got we to gotta find our way out to Milwaukee. You sound like a pit legend. I think we need <laughs> you setting the fucking tone in our show. Oh, there, oh, tr- oh, even like, because this year I went out to the uh, went out to the fiasco that was Blue Ridge Rock Fest, and there were mm. people that just, they did not know, that was in the pit, they did not know my name. All they knew me for was the hat that I wore and the fact that I was from Milwaukee. So they just called me Milwaukee. That was it. Like I had a nickname and everything because if there was a, if there was a band, if it was gonna be heavy and there was a pit, all of a sudden it's like, okay, where is this guy? Cause he's bound to be here and he's bound not to leave until the set is over. Which yeah. is like my whole entire goal is like, if I'm going to be in a pit, I am not leaving until this is all said and done. Like I'm not tapping out. I came close during Lamb of God because all the dust that was up there. But then yeah. I see this one, one of the friends I went with, he's like 50 pounds lighter than me. All of a sudden, right about thinking about tapping out, he jumps in the middle of pit. I'm like, I can't let this guy beat me. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's 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 a fun, like, even when you're just talking about it, you, you think back to, like, fun times you've had doing that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's, so, it's just great. Yeah, so, like, kind of back on that, like, you guys have a show where, like, something like that happens. If I right. see a show, if I see Metalcore show, holy shit. If I see, you know, free beer with ticket... I'm I mean, gonna fucking say no to that. Are you kidding me? If you have it at a brewery, it's like okay, now we know what what brand of beer is gonna be. If it's a special brew for like for just for the show, okay. You, again, you're gonna have to go through the different logistics of it. With what's it gonna end up costing you guys? How are you gonna make yeah. it so that at the very worst, the brew the the whoever's brewing the beer makes product. If it's at the brewery, you know that's gonna be a little bit easier. But if it's not at the brewery, how the bar is gonna still make a profit off it to make it you know something for them. That's the only hurdle because they wouldn't want us unless you could argue that you're just giving people enough of a buzz. They want to buy a second beer. Yeah, we wouldn't make I like, you know what I mean? They wouldn't be making any money off. Well, I'll say the only way you can do is if you work it. Well, here's the here's the other thing, too. though. I mean, think about it like bar rescue style with John Tapper. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something where if it's over the course of the show, if you build the price of the beer into the ticket price, okay. So yeah, if you build no. that in the ticket price and then the venue that's holding it, if it's a bar, if they get that portion of it, now they're making their money off of those sales. But the fact of the matter is, is now people are coming up to the bar for that. Yeah. It's, there's going to be people that are, are going to be drinking that would have bought a drink already that are coming to the beer the bar for that, for that free beer. However, the likelihood they still go up and buy a second beer because they didn't think they bought that first beer is still going to be high. However, the other part of it too is, People like like myself, normally when I go to shows, especially I'm going to be in the pit the whole time, I'm not really going to buy beer because I don't want to just have, be you know, full of beer in a pit. Yeah, but if there's enough. a chance for me to get a free beer, I'm going to go up to the bar and get me a beer. But the fact that, you know, if I go up there, there's still a likelihood, there's a more, there's a stronger likelihood that I'm going to go up and get a second one because now I got the taste for it. No. And there's going to be people that are going to go up and get one. They're going to be like, you know, not necessarily would never buy a beer to show normally, but now, holy shit, I want to go and have another drink because this was good. 
So now it's just you're making more money that there the venue can make more money that way. And you guys potentially turn a profit on that. It basically just brings it's it's kind of like it brings more people to the bar. And the people that are gonna, you know, have multiple drinks are still gonna have those multiple drinks. So the venue's not losing out on that money. What they are making money on is people that aren't gonna, normally gonna get drinks, but are gonna get that free beer and then come back for more. Yeah, yeah, I think it's possible, man. That's that's why I brought it up. I mean, it was like such a random. I, the original question was, "What do you plan for 2022?" And that's like, <laughs> yeah, but again, this is where the conversation can flow because here's because a couple of things with that too is one with myself, it's. I love shows. I love doing this stuff. So I have a mindset for this stuff when it yeah. comes to beer. I mean, when I was in college, that was my summertime jobs was I worked in beer. I delivered beer. I took care of all this stuff. Hell, I, I had an internship at Miller Coors my junior year of uh, college because that's what I did. So why not make that happen? On right. top of that, I mean, I also have other knowledge when it comes to bar because my brother manages a bar on Regent Street, Madison, Wisconsin, which is where the University of Wisconsin is. It's the busy street because that's where all the college bars are. He manages one of those bars. So when it comes to the whole entire idea of, and it's also a microbrew there as well. So there's a lot of different things in play where I'm kind of like, this could definitely happen. It's, yeah. You might have to market it in a little bit of a different way, but you can definitely make this happen or pitch it a different way to the venues and to the brewery. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely try this whole conversation. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, the, the more we talked about it, for sure, I'm like, okay. I think it's possible. And I think that people, I mean, last thing I'll say about it is just that, like, you know, you hate to hike ticket prices, but it's our show. So we're not going to be waxing for tickets to begin with. I would rather, like, it's more of a marketing thing for the free beer thing than adding 250 onto every ticket or like two bucks, which would pay, because we're talking about kegs here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, get 150 beers or in each one of those or whatever. Like, you could only have to tack on one or two bucks. And it's worth a lot more from a promo standpoint than like a $13 ticket versus a $15 ticket. You know what I mean? Like the free beer is worth more to people because like venues will charge you like 10 bucks for a beer. Yeah. So. Exactly. Because I mean, again, think about it from my perspective. It's just like I go to a venue now. It's just like, okay, you want a beer, especially in Milwaukee. It's like, okay, eight bucks. I don't really want to pay eight bucks for a beer. And then all of a sudden lay down a tip for, you know, like a potentially two dollars. Like that's $10 with yeah. like including the tip. I mean, that kind of be, you know, kind of annoying due to the fact that, you know, I, I came here, I spent money on a ticket. That's 10 bucks. I just had to just drop on a, on a drink and a tip. Okay. You know, I'm not going to buy another one. However, if I do, here's another thing with that free beer though, people are going to go up to the bar, get their free beer, but they're still going to tip the bartender. So now there's still money flowing, but because, oh, I got a free beer and I only spent $1 on that beer. But I tip the bartender, I, especially for someone who doesn't necessarily drink that much at shows, now I want to go up and get another one. Now I got to yeah. pay the full price for that one. And the bartender ends up getting two tips out of that instead of just one. Yeah, yeah. plus we just get to come out on stage with just like do Stone Cold Steve Austin shit. No, like, exactly. Like it's got to be in cans for that though. I mean, you're not going to Stone Cold two kegs together. I mean, you're going to need like some sort of like <laughs> crane mechanism and I'll do whatever I want. I fucking <laughs> no, I was just playing you. It's gotta oh be my. Okay, okay. If you really want to do something crazy, if you want to get yourself like set up on like Loudwire, but not like you know, wow. welcome to Rockville style, like you know, actual like positivity. What you do is is you get two kegs. You know, no, you can be on one, and I feel like Mason would want to be on the other, and <laughs> you swing it on them like wrecking balls and stone cold that way. <laughs> Dude, we can do that. We can do it. At Slipknot status, that's what we're gonna do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you want to walk the line a little bit between becoming like Attila and just like we're 
we're in a party band out here. But uh, it could be funny. I don't know. It's my headliner. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I'll put it this way. It could be funny, but, like, that'd be something that you could easily be done to, like, really work within the whole entire Kelly Collapse beer promotion of it. And yeah. it just, it's just there's a lot of different things you can work with. My biggest thing is be creative with it. It's yeah. if first get the logistics behind it. Make sure it's something that you can have work. Make sure it's something that's a go with the brewery that you're going to end up working with and the venue you're going to end up working with for this. Make sure it's a all to go for there. Yeah. yeah. Then after that, get fucking creative with it, especially on on stage because those are the moments where you know we look and we're like we fucking remember that shit. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. I, oh, never mind. I was gonna tell. <laughs> I say, well, you remember? I mean, everyone knows the story of Ozzy biting the head off a bat. I mean, yep. <laughs> everyone's yep. gonna end up knowing the story of Colony Collapse swinging in on Keg Stone Cold and two kegs, George of the Jungle style. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll bring it up because you brought up Ozzy. <laughs> I just saw a video yesterday of a cover band. I don't know if you ever heard of Brass Against the Machine or something like that. Oh, they Brass do- Against. Did you hear about the shit that just happened? Yes, I am very well aware of it. It's not the shit, it's the piss that just happened. It's the piss that just happened. No, I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a cover band called Brass Against the Machine that at some festival recently, the chick on stage, the singer, was like, I got to piss, but I'm not leaving the stage. And she's like, somebody come up on stage, I'm going to piss on their face. And this dude... This dude comes up on stage and she's like singing Rage Against the Machine and squats over this dude. As she's singing, she pulls down her pants and just fucking sprays this dude. That's <laughs> and awesome. he gets up and just starts like spitting piss out of his mouth. Honestly, that's the most rock and roll thing I've heard since. That's all I'm no, it was I awesome. The, I don't he wear the right shoes. <laughs> since MTK told me I don't wear shoes that are right. That's that was. <laughs> That's actually sick, though. That you don't like. That's pretty fucking cool. No, it was fucking awesome. This dude's like, crazy pissed like a WWE All Star out of his mouth after he like Triple H. Yeah, he triple. He, he did Triple H it. It's when it came to that. It's of course you know you're gonna get the initial backlash. There's gonna be some things there, but when it comes to the overall like <laughs> notoriety of it, people now know who Brass Against is. People I, are aware of. I heard of him. People are aware of who they are and. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Give it five to ten years and people are going to be talking about that like Ozzy butting the head off a bat on stage because it is so out there, so ridiculous, so just outrageous. outrageous. Yeah, that's basically, but it's so outrageous. It's too hard not to talk about. He's a hero now for like, or he's a hero for like 50% of the population that loves that kind of shit behind. (laughs) (laughs) He had the balls to do it on stage and love it. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, what, what I will say to you guys is don't do that. But if it's going to come to, you know, George of the Jungle keg swinging to Stone Cold and over the, <laughs> over the stage, that doesn't sound like the bad, that bad of an idea. No, yeah. that's pretty fucking awesome. I'll send you a video when we make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? No, 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 no. Scratch it. Don't send me a video. Send me a fucking ticket for that show. I'll send you a ticket. You're on guest <laughs> list if you make it happen. 100%. I'd probably give you the. What's uh, gonna be, be the guest list? It's like okay, uh, but you need to do something to be on this guest list. What do I gotta do? You have to help set up the kegs. Oh, really? Yeah, I gotta drag. I gotta drag a keg up there, <laughs> full of beer. Yeah, yeah you can do it's it, right? A real fucking chore, dude. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it, it ain't easy. Yeah, and I did not mean to get us that off track, but I started talking about But yeah, but but then again, do we get fully that off track? Especially when we were talking about the whole entire beer thing, because again, it speaks to something that you guys have an idea for that could really be something that's plausible to really draw a lot of people to a live set for Colony Collapse. 
Yeah, that's the idea. Try to have the biggest local show we've tried to put on yet. You know what I mean? And we just actually just uh, solidified the lineup. And I can't say who yet because we haven't announced it. But, like, it's definitely, like, hitters in the local scene. Like, dudes that I'm so stoked uh, did sign on for this, you know? I am excited about it. And, like, I think for a while it's easy to get in the mindset of, like, man, like, what? let's just skip the local scene. Like, we, we just need to get big time real quick. But it's like, no, what if we just, like, go big local? Just get, like, a grand local show. Like, you fucking, I don't know. Yeah, there's great bands here, honestly. I know what, you're, I know what you mean. Like, everybody's just like, we're going to put out the best song ever. And just, you know, everybody's going to love it. But it's definitely harder than that. And in the meantime, like, there's, there's a good medium. There's a way to find a medium. Yeah, so, but like, I mean, I say, now you're talking about like you know with the local scene really working together to create the best local scene possible. That is something that I'm seeing a lot more consistently when with bands I'm talking to. You guys are bringing up. I'm seeing it happen here in Milwaukee. I, before we, I recorded this one. I recorded a podcast with a band called All Systems Go, a pop punk band out of New Jersey, and they're doing the same thing. I know a shit ton of bands in North Carolina that are basically like when I look at it, they're like the poster child for this because literally every band I've talked from North Carolina, every band knows each other, every band's bands friends are friends with each other, every band is like showing up to each other's shows supporting them. Yeah. So it's creating this positivity in the scene to the point where, you know, yeah, you might want to write the best song possible, but if you have the support of the local scene as well behind there, all of a sudden, say with Colin Claps, say you guys write the all-time ultimate metalcore banger, just like, you, you know, like, basically take End of a Heartache meets Doomsday, put them together, and literally have the metalcore baby of the fucking all-time. Yeah, okay. And, and, and you say you write a song like that, and all of a sudden you guys hit it big. All the bands are in your local scene. It's like, okay, this is where Colin Claps came from. Eyes are going to be on that local scene and all those bands that are a part of that are going to end up having more notice put upon them, more eyes and ears on them. It's going to create a chance for them to let their music stand out on their own as well and really drive up the scene that you guys have there along with the music scene as a whole. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's, like I said, there's definitely like, there's great bands here. There's bands on this bill that are, you know, have more monthly than, than, than we do and stuff. Like it's definitely not a like, you know, we're going to, prop up this Denver scene or something it's not even it's just like, it's like honestly it's a bunch of good bands and it's like I feel like the reason that you'll hear like local band tossed around is a dirty word is just because people are on like pay-to-play shows and just like yeah. weak shows that are put together by people who don't care and this and that like not everyone but like I've played some pretty bad shows I know everybody has like you know what I mean like yeah and they're always fun but yeah I just just trying to put together like a show that plays a nicer venue than the ones we're usually at and actually tries to sell some tickets and get every band a nice payout so we can all put that back into studio time. You know, that's, that's the idea kind of thing. Yeah. It's a good idea to have. And when it does come like the whole like local band moniker, I do understand where people kind of see that as like not the best thing, but here's always one thing to remember. Whatever band is your favorite band. They were a local band. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. Except for like born of Osiris. One time I walked up to Lee McKinnon at Warped Tour and I was like, Hey man, do you have like, any tips for like a guy i'm like 14 like starting out or whatever and he was like honestly dude you gotta ask somebody else like we got signed at our third show <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh that's, he was cool i was just he was just yeah. like i don't i mean i don't you know hey, like, hey. To, to be fair to his credit though i mean he is giving you the honest to god truth he's like yeah. dude i don't have like i don't have any it's not like you know i don't have any fucking time it's like i don't have any advice for you but here's the context behind it. We played our third show and we already got signed. So it's like, um, 
So that happened. Yeah. He's yeah. basically telling you, you suck, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I was handing out demos too. Who man, was that a rough tape? <laughs> oh, the days like, of listen to my demo, listen to my demo, listen to my demo. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't do it to everybody. It was anybody I was already talking to. I was like, would you listen to this? You know who's really cool about it was Tino, the drummer from A Mice and Men, was like so unnecessarily nice about me handing him this shitty burn CD. He was just like, dude awesome like you know what i mean like, <laughs> i wanted to cry <laughs> it's like thank you man Hug. yeah yeah right <laughs> well but i mean you're not handing out shitty demos anymore you guys have some fully mastered kick-ass tracks you guys have come out with i mean you guys just came out with the love that remains in november you guys have the other song i gotta make sure i get the name right so i don't fuck it up empty mirror coming out on december 17th so how about we actually talk about those songs a little bit because we're like an hour into this and we've had a fucking blast, but I do want to put some spotlight on the music as well because, well, that sounds sure. like a good idea. Yeah, let's do it. So specifically, let's start out with The Love That Remains, of course, the one that's out right now. And I have to ask you about this. Always one thing I like to ask is, when you're writing the song, when you're coming up with the idea for it, what was the whole entire meme behind the song? What's the inspiration behind the song? What's the real driving factor behind this one? Well, Mason wrote the lyrics, so no, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, no, it's uh, so like you know, I told you we moved out here. Um, I like dropped out of college and just like you know, caution to the wind came 2,000 miles away, and it was like a wacky kind of year, um, just dealing with a lot of forks in the road, what if kind of questions, wondering where I'd be if I hadn't gone. Uh, the reason I came is because I didn't want to wonder where I'd be if I never tried, you know what I mean? Um, so I spent like the whole year sort of just quietly thinking about that. And then, you know, COVID hit and we were all just self-reflecting type energy. It was like, and I didn't want to write a song that was specific, like, you know, packed up the truck today. And I'm <laughs> like... I, um, so I, I got, I delved into like, in a broad sense, what does it mean to be nostalgic? What does it mean to miss someone or even like a version of yourself? And that's what we're trying to do with the music video is keep it as vague as possible. I've had people interpret it that, you know, the father figure in that video had people who passed away that he's thinking about, or if he just family, uh, you know, moved out. And I was like, you know, it could even be that, he's just a lonely guy who never got married and he's sitting on his couch thinking about what if he had kind of thing. So that's when I stumbled into that Portuguese word, that Saudeche word, which is what the chorus lyrics are that a pleasure you suffer an ailment you enjoy, which is just, I feel like a good way of putting what it means to have like bittersweet memories. You know what I mean? Like you're glad you went through all these happy things, but sometimes when you're alone and you're far away from them, they almost like are like a double-edged sword. They kind of sting, you know what I mean? But that's kind of the theme of the whole record um, is just like dealing with loss and not always in the sense of like something super you know, like, like massive in your life. It can be something small that's just weighing heavy on your mind and that in a conceptual kind of way, which is why the lyrics get a little wordy. You know, <laughs> looking back on a few of them, I'm like, ah, I know what I was trying to say on that one, but <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, when it comes to that core emotion of it, I mean, a lot of us have felt that way where it's kind of like the it's better to have loved than lost and never to have loved it all. Or, yes. you know, don't be don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. It's like I, it, I totally understand both of those monikers. 
But when it comes down to it, again, it's sometimes those those memories do can, or do play a little bit of that double edged sword part where they do sing at times. Because when I was listening to the song, I always try and find out the meaning for myself. So what I came up was to me, the song really takes a look at love and loss a little bit more specifically and dives deeper into why you struggle to potentially move on at times. When you're in love with someone to create a strong emotional connection with them only to lose them in some way, for me, more specifically, uh, more specifically a relationship, because that was more, you know, in my personal experience, how I related to it, you get stuck in a way to that love that you had for them because you have this certain fondness for you, this certain positivity that you remember about it that made you happy. And for those memories, but it also feels the pain of the void of having the presence of them no longer there. And it sticks with you even if you have moved on or if you're even if you're struggling to. It speaks to the pain of loneliness when someone you love is no longer a part of your life. Yeah, I think that that's um, first of all, that's that's profound stuff, you know, and that, that's kind of what I was trying to do is make it ambiguous enough that someone could, you know, do what you just did and be like, you know, the way I personally think about that is is in this way, because like I said, I didn't write it about a girl or anything specific, but it's so applicable to that kind of thing. And I mean, what's what's more, you know, than when you really love yeah. someone in that way that that one sticks for sure. So. Yeah, so what, what, well, you I mean like when you brought that, what was the Portuguese word? Was it seduce? It's sadece. It, sadece. Uh, it looks like sade, but it's um I speaking of girls I used to know, I I, I checked on that pronunciation with this girl I knew who's from Brazil originally. <laughs> I hit her up on Snapchat. She's like, What do you want? No, I'm just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did I sent her some um some like original like some quotes that were in Portuguese and she helped me translate them. It was super, super helpful to like the lyric process, actually. I stole some phrasings more or less from this poem that I that I sent her and she translated for me because Google Google Translate was doing it no justice. Yeah, you know never, I mean? never trust Google Translate. But when it comes yeah. to that kind of content of the Sadece, I mean it fits in perfectly because a lot of uh, pretty much every single person has gone through a point where, you know, Either it's family, friends, like, uh, you know, relationship, whatever it might be. There's some sort of love that you had there for some sort of person. And when they're gone, it's you, there's times, you know, say you're around a bunch of people, a bunch of, you know, family, friends, and you're remembering certain things about them, remembering certain times, telling stories. Yeah, there's going to be a positivity there, you know, be glad that it happened. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know, say it's like, you know, middle of December, Saturday night, you're sitting alone, drinking alone again, and you're thinking about those times. You're not thinking about those times in a positive light. Those those times you're thinking about them, emotionally, it hurts because that person is no longer there. You're looking at it in a completely different light. So yeah. those moments end up providing more of that. You know, the love there still remains, but the, the lack of presence there is definitely taking on a completely different meaning within your own mind. That's exactly what it is. And that, that can make you feel stuck on glue. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you don't want to just if somebody asked me if I could wipe my head clean, I wouldn't do it, but it's those memories when you're, like you said, just drinking by yourself or something are not allowing you to take any steps forward. And it's like, it just takes so much time to work yourself out of those situations. There's just no easy fix for it. But next thing you know, you wake up one day and like you're more accepting of the distance or whatever it is between you and someone else. And things are just a little better, you know? So. Exactly. Now, instrumentally, I have to ask you this question because there was something I was picking up on specifically in the verses that made me hear this. When you were working on this song, were you really listening to the Holy Hell album from Architects? Uh, okay, so I did listen. I was, I was a huge Architects fan. So you're not off on this at all. I would right. say it was more like I, I wasn't a huge Holy Hell fan. It wasn't bad or anything, but like I was a big daybreaker, big lost forever, big hollow crown 
So they're like architect influence for, for sure. And the two were in F sharp there, which is what they're on and like Gravedigger on a lot of that stuff. Nothing against Holy Hell, but like, actually I did like um, the title track on that album a lot, you know, that, that, that's the one. and uh, what was the other one? The, the first single they dropped or the second one after Doomsday. That whole album was good, and you believe it. Oh, sorry, Mason likes that one. Yeah, I love that album. I'll say you're all talking to someone. But I'll put it this way: Holy, I never cared for metalcore. I never cared for unclean vocals. The album that opened that whole entire door for me was Holy Hell. Oh, he's great. Sam Carter's great. Yeah, I like, I like, I like hearing that take on that. Honestly, that's yeah, pretty that's cool. Yeah, no, definitely like architects though. Like great instrumentals. Like yeah, like we were trying to do a little noodling for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say because when I when I was listening to it, with the way the verses were because I'm looking at my notes just one so I don't fuck this up once again I had in the verses like especially for the love remains we get right into this more like progressive metalcore that I thought again was heavily inspired by the holy hell I'm from Architects especially yeah. when we take a listen because that's how I related to it but it's where the unclean vocals on the part of this part of the verses work with the bursting broken up drumming from the back and the technical high pitched you know doomsday inspired guitar riff that really plays in a quick fill style over the entire song but then when the clean vocals end up jumping in the drumming stays rather similar and the guitar does as well but the tone the distortion of the guitar are dropped back to have less of that techier overall feel and i really like this and the reason is is because how that Doomsday inspired riff with those uncleans really connects us back to the emotion of loss overall. It hits heavier with the emotional overall tone because every time I hear that riff, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, every time I hear a riff that sounds like that, I just kind of go to Doomsday, holy hell, and know where the meaning of that song came from. Again, it deals with a lot of loss. It deals with grief and it just has the emotional connection over here. When you get to like the second half of the verses though, that just like the contrast between where the guitars and the drums are, it's a little bit less because the guitars don't have as much of that like higher pitch techier sound. So the contrast is a little bit less. I did like it more when that contrast was a lot more pronounced because I think it showed more from the drums and from the guitars specifically, but it's not, you know, it's not something that's going to ruin the song. It's just somewhere it's like, for me, if I had to pick a part of the verses, I like that first half with the unclean vocals over a little more than the second half with the clean vocals. Over. But a lot of that's just with how that contrast really pulls out that sound. Wow. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, you definitely listen to the track. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no mason's drums add a big like that was one thing that was sick like you know i have a little bit of drumming in my background so like when we were looking for a drummer like i'm just so annoying like on this shit like I'm, i'll be like writing drum point yeah he's like he's like <laughs> you know like i have an idea of what i want it to be and i'll like program something and i'll be like this is so sick and then like mason will play it and like just add like the things that make it like honestly, there's so much feel and taste that comes from it. Like, like when we would track drums together, like we have good chemistry as drumming minds for sure. Yeah, a lot I will it. say Noah's Noah's definitely a multi instrumentalist. The man can play anything, and it pisses me off that he can just pick some <laughs> shit up real quick. And um, he'll usually when he writes demos and shit, like say for instance this song, he'll send me a demo, and it sounds great. And I'm like, and basically my job is to basically make the drums realistic because this he'll have creative ass drum parts and i'm like but you can't play four drums at one time yeah. <laughs> like, let's do this instead and like and now it's become a thing like if he's with me in the studio like i have to have him in the studio like just feeding off each other like um, i don't know because i'm the i'm the drumline drummer i'm like the classical boy i'm like oh it's got to be like you got to make sure this 
well, I don't know, like the fucking motif or there or some bullshit, you know, some class. He's a rare combination of like feel and technical ability. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes you get somebody who gets to that level, like in their own craft and they just like forget how to have dynamics or whatever. Um, he's just the wackiest hybrid man yeah he's and like you know now i'm programming drums and i'll sometimes just be like i don't need to really focus on that i'm gonna send that to mason like he could do (laughs) (laughs) which is nice because i yeah but hey but uh play four drums at the same time yes i gotta say you're not gonna do it well not with that attitude at least he's very hopeful for me i don't know what he's (laughs) yeah you just hit this getting creative man you gotta (laughs) get creative but even going a little bit further, the love that remains. I was even looking at my notes now, and it's just I do have to bring up the chorus instrumentally as well because yeah. of just specifically I'm reading what I wrote. I'm like, okay, I have to bring this up because in the chorus, Mason the drums they create more of this like melodic metalcore pattern as the guitar plays along and brings back a little bit of that Doomsday inspired tone, but the notes are much more elongated and really makes it feel like the guitars are weeping in a way over this. And as I put in my subtext, okay, this is an absolute badass move. When it comes Ah. to emotional loss, you're going to feel the heaviness of it, whether you don't want to cry and try and hold it in or to just let the waterworks flow. But it speaks so much to the pain of loss, the pain of being over it, or the pain of wondering why you can't get over it. Similar to like, if you ever watched that 70s show when Eric Eric dumped Donna and him and and, uh, Eric and Redder at the bar and Red's talking about how when he got dumped, how it hurt like hell. He's like, and then there's one day I woke up, I didn't think about her as much. Then another day came, I didn't think about her as much. And then one day came, I didn't think about her at all. And then that made me sad. Like that, like I was connecting that quote from Red fucking Foreman to this. (laughs) I'm like, it speaks the emotional pain of Void so damn well with how the chorus is constructed. So absolute badass move. Yup. (laughs) <laughs> okay man great reference first of all second of all <laughs> um yeah man the you gotta leave space for the vote the, just the track man i love a good just straight eighth note chorus that shit just especially if you, you gotta think of it in the instance of you're playing it live you gotta feel it and i love playing that shit live that song goes so hard live and i love like most of the time, I'm just playing some technical ass shit, and I'm like, fuck, I got to focus type shit. And, like, I'm trying to headbang at the same time as playing weird polyrhythms and shit. But, like, when those choruses hit, it's such a, like, uh, clearing feeling for me. It's like, you know, I'm like, fuck, I can finally, like, I actually hear the lyrics. I can just vibe with this for, like, a brief moment for eight bars or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah man. I, did, I love that shit. Yeah. It's sometimes, like, as much of a tech head as I am and, like, as much as I want to put quintuplets and shit and, like, <laughs> No one wants to hear that. They want to feel it. <laughs> There's obviously a few kids in the audience that are like, where's that quintuplet? Where's that periphery animals is leadership? But I'm like, you know, it, you got to find a healthy mixture. And uh, yeah, man, this is chorus is great. This is like the most radio worthy feel. Yeah. I, I think I feel like we've made. I mean, you can bring in some of those quintuplets in as well from time to time, but understanding that fact is like, you know, when it comes to really connecting with an audience, like uh, them feeling this track is definitely going to be something that you're going to want to focus in on. I do want to bring no into this one as well, because I keep talking about the instrumentals, but we're going to talk about the chorus vocals as well, because, you know, I don't want to just leave him out of it because that would be kind of mean. So for, because I also go to the vocals as well. I'm not going to, you know, skimp out on those. So when it comes to the love that remains, I just put it as this in the chorus, the vocals take, the breathier sound from the pre-chorus uh, has a little bit more of a breathier sound and make it more of this melodic hard rock sound that really could fit in with a similar style to like that Sam Carter style clean tone. 
Yes, Sam Carter of Architects. Yes, I brought that up, and I'm seeing no one's <laughs> like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I love Sam Carter. I love Sam Carter. And, and then I put this up. It, again, leads us into thinking about the reasons why we feel that void. It opens us up to learning more about our own mental health and why we are so fixated on something that is no longer there. I feel that way about someone, and this opens up more of those emotions for me to figure out why I'm still stuck on them in, in my head sometimes. And this is something that has been going on for me personally for years, for years. Real and this shit. is start, and this is really starting to open up. Like, wait, why are you still fixated on this? Like, why are you like you know you know you're over this, you know you're past this, but why does it still come up at times in your mind? Why do you still think about this? Why does it times it still hurt out of nowhere? Like, what the hell? I, you you know you're over this, but what? Why does this keep coming back? And this core, especially with the way the vocals are presented and the way that those guitars kind of are weeping to really just like show that void. I mean, it just opens up your mindset to just really trying to figure out exactly why some why you're still why you still feel so closely connected to these things, even if you're you know over them, if you're far removed from them, and why you still feel a void within them. It makes you ask, "Are you really over it?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ask myself that a lot. Yeah, no, I first of all, this is really cool to hear. Like you just like kind of read your notes on this because um, you definitely like. It, it's just cool to hear like your perspective on the song and it's definitely it's spot on with what we were going for with that you know what i mean like if we were going to make this point with the song the clean vocals we're going to have to drive home the emotion the clean vocals and the piano you know what i mean i mean you can get a lot of emotion out of screaming but um obviously but yeah no i love i love all that i think that was a good way good way of putting it you know yeah that was like a, a great way of putting it. <laughs> Oh, I, I think I can actually top myself with that. Before we head into Empty Mirror, though, let's wrap up The Love That Remains. And I'm going to wrap it up how I put it, like, if I do an overall press release style kind of thing. I put it as, I'm going to read my notes for this one because this is, like, let's see how many lines of text this. I've got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, like, thirteen. <laughs> so okay. this is going to be, I put, overall, when it comes to Love That Remains, this song opens you up to the concept of loss with its softer opening, giving the piano really evoking the, that, emo, or that emotional pain that the song really embodies at its core. From the first verse, the rapid backing and consistent unclean vocals to start with more of this doomsday-inspired guitar tone shed more light onto the emotional pain of lost love that many of us have experienced and potentially are even still dealing with. I wasn't the biggest fan of the clean vocals in the first verse because of the lack of the standout contrast compared to like the first half of it, but once I realized that it embodies more of the face we put on for others to show that we are fine and nothing seems to be amiss when inner turmoil is currently overflowing inside, it just hits a completely different way. The pre-chorus to chorus then uses this less impactful doomsday inspired guitar tone with more of a melodic progressive metalcore style to show us more of the realization as to why we feel that pain and hardship when we think about the lost love and begs us to realize why we struggle to get over it. The tone of the song keeps the theme ever present in your mind and is what is needed to make this song hit with a lot of success. Holy fuck. Good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. A plus on that one, bro. Yeah, no, that was a cool write up, man. I like that. <laughs> Woo! A plus. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I felt like I was grading an English paper on that. Holy fuck. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was the one you guys have out now with the Love That Remains as we're shooting this. But of course, you've guys got Empty Mirror coming out on December 17th. And we'll do a quick little one on this one to kind of, how about this? We'll tease it for the fans a little bit. We'll, we'll give it a little bit of a teaser. So when it comes to Empty Mirror, how about this? First thing is I did not see a press release on this one because I know it wasn't even anywhere near out yet when we recorded this. 
So I got to ask, what's the inspiration behind this one? What's the meaning behind this one? Because I had to figure out this one more all on my own, and I want to see how close I really got. <laughs> yeah. Lyrically, this one is definitely, um, you know, Jackson, who recently left the band, actually, but he and I are like co-founders, and this was, you know, we used to split guitar parts, split lyrics, just bounce everything off each other. We both were. So this one has a lot of his lyrics in it. Um, so I can't actually say like a crazy amount without, you know, him being here. But I know that it definitely deals with like the stuff with the empty mirror is obviously like metaphorical, but semi-literal. I know he definitely deals with like uh, just things to do with his own reflection and whether or not like what he sees, especially um, it's like this car crash that he got in like two years ago um, that was pretty rough head stuff speaking of and like that kind of you know, kind of had to relearn who he was to some extent after that. Not to, again, not to speak for him, but, um, you know, I was with him at the hospital that night. Like that, that was, you know, concussions can get crazy. So I think that it's just kind of a song talking a little bit about like sense of self and ref, like what you actually do see in the mirror and being a little confused by it as far as like reconciling that with who you feel like you are inside. And yeah, that whole bridge thing about mend in isolation, can't share myself with you. I could take kind of literally is just, you know, we were just sitting in our rooms that year trying to sleep it off type shit. You know what I mean? Like trying to uh, not really share, like he was dating this girl, but it's like maybe a little closed off at that time. You know what I mean? Just literally trying to sleep it off. He went on tour right after the concussion thing and with another band just didn't sleep a whole lot. You know, you have to take care of that head stuff like that. So I think this song sort of came out after all of that. And as a, yeah, I'm curious what you think about it, though. Yeah, like no, you're, no. you're making me more more worried because I've had eight concussions in my life. <laughs> well, yeah, this Thanks one for was scared me, Noah. How this often? Was, you so. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's doing really good now, though. Like I said, I don't mean to speak too much for him there on like his personal shit, but he's definitely like doing a lot yeah. better, like with that stuff. It just takes time, I guess. But it was pretty pretty serious one, pretty serious head trauma for sure. I'm glad you kind of gave that context behind it because it does add a lot more to the song. However, I think I narrowed in a little bit more specifically because you said that, you know, he was dating a girl at the time and it kind of was like, you know, more closed off because of what had happened. I think for me, that's really what I was picking up on in this song. When I look at it again, going back to the note sheet, got to return to it. I put mean, I think resolves around like an emotional relationship. Once again, where you're trying your hardest to make the other person happy and do whatever you can to make that relationship work out. But as time goes on, it feels like, you know, you're losing the love for that person yourself because you're trying to do so much to, you know, maintain that person's happiness, do so much for them that, you know, at times, you know, you're doing so much for them, but there's no reciprocation. Like, it's just kind of like all one-sided thing to the point where you look in the mirror and you see nothing that you can remember. This song then speaks of the moment where you try and take your life back by making a decision to go out on your own. It hurts because you love that person. Again, see the love that remains because it applies a lot to that pain. So there is a huge connection here from the way I was seeing it. But this yeah. is a decision that has to be made in order to properly find yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think that there was probably, like I said, the, the, all the songs on this release definitely all coincide with like the love theme. And you know, there is one lyric in there where he specifically references, like, he says her, if instead I saw her, uh, fuck, I'd rather suffocate. <laughs> the lyric. But um, that one I know is is more related to probably like some childhood stuff, too. So it's like a mix of um, that's not about like a girlfriend. I know that. But there's it's so it's like a mix of just like you said, like, it, like 
just reflecting on like your whole life and it all sort of coinciding into this one moment where maybe you're looking in a mirror and it's like too much to, to like analyze in one moment, you know what I mean? But definitely the thing with the relationship, like you said, just like, I know if I'm in a relationship and I feel like I can't talk next thing, you know, like six months have gone by and you just haven't actually said anything that was on your mind. You're just going with the flow and that person doesn't know you as well as they think they do. And that's like a, a vicious cycle for sure, because then, you know, you're not sure how, if the way you were acting then was because that was how you wanted to act, or if that's because you were just not really being open with someone and you get deep into something like that. So yeah, that's when you start wondering like who you're looking at, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's something that I feel like a lot of people go through as well, where, you know, you're in a relationship or something and things are not going well. And you just kind of hold on because maybe you got a fear of going back out on your own in a way. And you just don't want to lose that person. But over time, I mean, it just, if you're not going to be open and you're just going to be kind of more shut off, or if you're going to try and do so much for that other person and they're more shut off, I mean, you got to make a decision at some point to kind of cut loose. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think in the bridge, the lyric repeats itself that um always left unsure. can't share myself with you mend in isolation it's all i ever knew but then it goes in this moment i have to choose to let myself begin or lose so you know i mean that's like how it kind of ends with just like the decision to like begin or lose you know i mean mean, that's pretty self-explanatory you know i mean but you have to take like the first step kind of like we were also touching on with love the remains you know yeah, because like when you get to, I mean, looking at the instrumentals of that bridge as well, because when I was listening again, that bridge, right away, it empties out with this softer piano to start out with some of the, like, it sounds like some like violins in the background rather softly, but this then takes us into more of this more melodic, higher cranking on the guitar, but the absolute key to close this out is how rapid the drums end up working to really start to fill out the entire song and really take us into that outro, because it gives us more of that like life to close this like it is more life to close this whole entire song out and whole close this whole entire chapter of our lives out on it shows us more of this transition between maybe wondering why things are going the way they are realizing what is happening why you're no longer the person that you see you are you see yourself as kind of this empty shell of your former self and making the decision to make that change for you know that life change for the betterment of yourself and potentially that other person as well yeah yeah man yeah that's yeah so like i said there's definitely like a common theme on the album, which I, I think that none of it is in, in like inherently specific, but it can be applied to so many different things because at the end of the day, you know, not to keep repeating myself, but everybody has gone through something that feels like a great loss. And like I said, that doesn't have to be something incredibly catastrophic to feel very powerful on your own life, you know, relatively speaking. So just dealing with that is definitely the motif of, of the record and, in layman's terms yeah man there's something like you guys are writing some like super heavy emotional shit <laughs> and it's more like progressive <laughs> metalcore style it like it it hit it hits hard it hurts but it's heavy as fuck too yeah <laughs> it's both of them yeah that song that one line that just fucking string me up line is just like a funny one kind of <laughs> it's a fun like pre-breakdown line because like that one we were just like ah, let's just say like I just say something mean and just go into the heaviest part on the record. Like, you know I mean? <laughs> so that's a fun one. We played that one live for the first time. Uh, I got a good reception. I think. My friends that aren't really metalheads came out to that one and they're like, oh, what was that song? And I'm like, yeah. 
be like it was a good one you got it's like that's the kind of song where all of a sudden it's like you want to jump in that fucking pit don't just yeah my friends who never mosh are just up there swinging i'm like all right that's we did our job yeah for sure (laughs) it's like we did good that's it so without giving too much away for the fans because i do want them to really take a listen to empty mirror so let's press release this overall style and how i took the song if but overall this song kind of picks up right where the love that remains kind of started it really shows more of this other side of love and how it can be detrimental if it's the wrong kind of love. I really enjoy the verse guitar tone because it has that higher cranking sound to really show more of the anguish of emotion you feel when you're no longer connected with yourself and the contrast with the unclean vocals to show a lot of power to the anguish that you feel and the discovery of why that is. The second part of the second chorus that you the second verse I should say, it does nece- doesn't necessarily have the full on like contrast that the first one had because of the cleaner vocals. It just doesn't necessarily stand out as heavy for myself specifically, but I'll get to why I relate to the heavier stuff and the lighter stuff on this one a little bit more so you guys have a little more context. Then the chorus has a similar kind of thing as well, where the entry gives more of this insight into realizing where the change needs to be made and how dropping someone we love can be the solution. But the second half just doesn't have that stark contrast really pro- show that as heavy. Again, I'll explain a little bit why later. The bridge opening up with the piano feels like you are making that choice to finally break. And that is absolutely perfect. But then the second half with those drums that really fill it out. Ooh, do we get something to end incredibly well to really feel like it's fully fleshed out and finished out. Now, when I was bringing up why I hit harder with like the first half of the course and the first verse or the second verse and the second half of the course is because when I went through something like this and the emotion ended up coming up specifically right after the aftermath, it was something that was heavy, hard, and you know, really took a toll on my whole entire life. So when it comes to the heavier start contrast, I just connect with that a lot more. However, what Mason was saying when you guys play this live where his friends aren't necessarily connected so much into metal, where I think they could really more connect with the songs are on those pieces. So there's a lot of different contrasts working within here, but they're really showing how this song can connect with so many different people in so many different ways, depending upon the severity of and the heaviness of how you see this topic. Yeah, man. I like, I like it's see. So like you're one of the first people that's heard this one too. So it is definitely interesting to hear, you know, you talk on it. And that definitely makes sense that, that the overwhelming emotion of what you relate to and it was anger so that the heavier stuff, heavier stuff relates more because there are there's some moments on this track that i think are, are pretty heavy like even i'll be listening to it sometimes be like man i hurt my throat i want to say heaviest on the ep for sure i think right? it's the heaviest one on the record yeah, yeah i agree yeah, yeah it's like the heavier parts i mean for me i connected them more just because like when i was going through some of that stuff i mean it took a toll on me mentally i mean depression was a huge part of it that ended up setting in there were there were actual multiple suicide attempts that happened within that as well so when i hear those heavier parts of it it just connects heavier with like some of the things that I went through and just kind of the, just the, the weight that they ended up holding together because of how severe some of those things ended up potentially even becoming to the point where it's like, I look at it now, it's like, you know, I'm stronger who I, for, I'm stronger because of what I went through, but it's like, when I relate to it, just, there's a certain kind of like anger and a certain kind of just motivation that comes from it. When I hear some of those heavier contrasting styles, it just hits with me more personally. So again, yeah. that's why I relate with some like the first verse, the first half of the course would more, but where Mason was coming from with his friends that aren't necessarily the biggest in the metal, the second verse, the second half of the course, that's where it could probably hit for them to the point where all of us could be in the same room listening to the song. And all of a sudden, you know, we're going to still mosh. We're going to enjoy the song if wholeheartedly, but for completely different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then that that is cool that it has like a personal connection to you, and and I'm glad that you know. Hopefully things are things are good lately and stuff. You know, I know that that was probably a tough time. You know, but I'm glad that you found something to resonate in in the lyrics. You know, even if it is like a darker song. You know, yeah. Well, thanks, man. And I'll put it this way: the one know the biggest outcome of this that whole entire uh, time in my life was the biggest outcome of this is what we're doing right now. Yeah. This whole this all came from that from what happened. This all came from that moment of really realizing what caused all of it. What were some of the other factors that were adding on to it when you know a broken relationship wasn't even the biggest factor, even though I thought it was. There was something that was even larger at play. And now, I mean, that was four years ago. And now look, we're we're here doing this shit. And every time I do a podcast, it's I could be tired as all hell. I mean, hell, I woke up at 4 30 in the morning, we did a whole workout, whole day of work, did a podcast for this one, and doing this one with you guys, and my energy level has not changed in the slightest. Like this is what gets me going every single fucking day. That's all doing what you love, I hope. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's an honor to be on it too. Yeah, I love being a part of it. I can't believe how much how in depth you got too. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking cool. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get people to know about these songs, and all of a sudden they're gonna be like, "Okay, you know, Empty Mirror, I want to listen to it." So when can we listen to it? December seventeenth, y'all. December seventeenth. There you That's go. Fact. fact. So Mason and Noah, as we bring this podcast to a close, one thing I was like to do to end these is give you guys a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So guys, floor is yours. No, go ahead. So what needs to happen is basically the Steelers need to get into the top 10 so that we can draft a successor to Big Ben. And <laughs> <laughs> instead of all this, no, no, no. Hey, hey, no. hey, hey you, I'll put it this way. Do you want Kirk Cousins? I'm, I'm happy to give you Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk's playing decent football this year. I'm not going to I would still rather give you Kirk Cousins. I want someone new. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. Sometimes it's best to restart, man. But no, I mean, I don't have too too much to plug. Just I'm I'm on Instagram and Corey and K H O R E Y. That's where you can find me doing yelling like Colony Collapse and some softer stuff. And then we're at Colony Collapse Band on Instagram. And yeah, hopefully hopefully a busy a busy 365 coming up for us. So so stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um. Find me at, at Mace Dog Millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you might see a drum cover every once in a while, but more to come for sure. I'm I'm back into it. So yeah, the more new shit that comes out, the more fucking drum content you'll see. The more the more I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get back into it. <laughs> Mace Dog married to the money millionaire right there, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. <laughs> so now it's time I end my podcast, this podcast that we're on, with three different things. First things first. The Love That Remains is out now. Empty Mirror comes out on December 17th. Colony Collapse is all over the internet, social media, YouTube, like, you know, online. If they got merch, you're going to want to check some out. With these guys, you know, you've got, no, you got Mace Dog Millionaire down there. You're going to want to check them out online as well. But instead of, instead of having to search all this stuff by yourself, instead of having to search all this stuff by yourself, I'm going to do you one better. Take a look at scripts of the podcast, YouTube, Spotify, podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. You're going to see something that says, find Colony Collapse online. You're going to see labels. You're going to see links. I want you to click on those links to follow them on social media, subscribe to their stuff, buy some merch, stream their music, pre-save, empty beer, listen to all this stuff, do all this stuff. I mean, I'm really making it as easy as possible for you guys to do this stuff. Like, it's a one-click, one-stop shop. Don't fuck it up. Pay attention to these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Now time for number two. And gentlemen... This is a, there's always something I like to do with 
you know, bands and guests I enjoy having the podcast. It's it's more of a promise, actually, because I want to thank, you know, bands I enjoy having the podcast. I want to give you know, thank you for their time. Thank you for being on the podcast. And this happens every single time because I enjoy doing this so much. I love having guests on the podcast. And you guys, I'm not going to lie. Within like the first five minutes, this was already a freaking guarantee. And then you start talking about the whole entire Colony Collapse beer idea. And I'm like, this is just even more perfect. So the promise to you guys is this. The promise does not start with if. It can't start with if. If it starts with if, that implies the possibility of it not happening, which is, well, that's that's not happening. So it's going to start with when. It's going to happen. Time frame to be determined. So when I get to see Colony Collapse perform live for the first time, my promise to you guys is this. And if you say no to it, I'm going to be super duper shocked. My promise is first round's on me. Yeah, I don't know where I was going. I, that. <laughs> I was like, yes, I can't. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Let's get the it. Hell yes. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Guarantee. I and love it. And watch, and watch the show. I get to come see you guys live. I have to drag a keg all the way upstairs. So you would so <laughs> no amazing. And you know, come we'll, swing sure the jungle style. And I'm going to be the one. I'm going to have to be in the front row for that. Because all of a sudden, you know, the kegs are going to burst. and be like, free beer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It'll be we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make It'll it happen. be perfect. So Mason, Noah, third thing, I can't end this podcast in all good conscience with a goodbye. That just is not in good taste due to the fact that that's that seems too much like this is the end where, yeah. no, it's not the end because I have the promise to see you guys play live. I want to have you guys back on the podcast again in 2022 so we can see, you know, the next 365 days. It's super uh-huh. important for Colin Clubs. I want to see what happened those 365 days. So we'll do this all again next year. And saying goodbye, that's too final. Hell no. Guys, we're going to end the podcast by saying this. See you later. See you later. Oh, folks, that was my interview with the guys. No one mentioned the band Colony Claps out of Denver, Colorado. Again, if you like Progressive Metalcore, if you like what we talk about, you're going to want to check out The Love That Remains and Empty Mirror, which comes out on Friday, December 17th of 2021. So you're going to want to keep in touch with them because, hell, when they have that live show, when they have that beer that's going to come out, you're going to want to be a part of it no matter where you are, especially if you're in the Denver, Colorado area. So link to their social medias. Where you can find them online, or you can get some merch, or you can stream their music, or you can pre-save Empty Mirror. It's all in the description of the podcast. Just under Find Colony Collapse Online. You know what I'm talking about. So go follow, subscribe, stream their stuff, listen to stuff, pre-save it, do all that stuff, share with your friends. Also, follow the Corporate Crush Podcast Line, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also have the podcast on YouTube, which you can watch the episodes. We also have it on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. All links are scripts of the podcast. So if you're not following us on any of our social media platforms or subscribe to us in the podcast, what are you doing? Please go and do that right now. All links are scripts of the podcast. And if you're already doing that, can I give you a big giant thank you? Because I'm going to. So thank you. Yeah. Love you guys for that one. Also, thank you to sponsors Phoenix Fitness and Custom Debuts. Their promo codes and their links to their websites are in the description of the podcast. I want for you to check out and I can't wait to see Mason and Noah do a whole entire like wrecking ball meets Stone Cold Steve Austin meets George of the Jungle during a live show. And hopefully I'm there to help make that happen because that just sounds incredible. So Noah, Mason, thanks for being on the podcast. Mr. Cody Frayne, thanks for setting this one up for us, man. You the man. On that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching this to the Chord Progression Podcast. Brought to you by MSOTD Rocks. Rock and Thrive. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with a big, healthy, and hearty 
See y'all!